Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Jeff Carroll. And I'm Brennan Berry. This is... And we are... The, the Soccer, Soccer Fanatics. Thank you all so much for tuning in to our first show of the year. We're really excited to get started. Yeah, I'm pumped to finally get this going. I'm just glad to be here with my roommate, one of my closest friends. This is going to be a blast. Um, so this show, uh, we're going to be covering two different leagues, uh, the MLS, Major League Soccer in North America, and Premier League in England. MLS just started just this past weekend. Premier League's been going for a while, but we're still just excited to just jump in and, and get it going. Um, this first episode will be, will be MLS. Uh, we'll do Premier League later this week. Um, but let's, uh, let's, just get, let's just get right into it. Awesome. Let's go. So our first segment um, is going to be uh, result ro- roundup and prediction recap. So before the weekend started, we made predictions as to who we thought would win, like results of the weekend. And so now we're just going to go through, go through each result, just quick recap kind of what happened, and then see, see who got it right, see who got it wrong. Um, Sounds good to me. There's a little bit of both. It's on a little competition. <laughs> So yeah, we'll we'll total up our points at the end of the season to see uh, see who knew best. Okay. Um, all right, let's start off first game of the season already an upset. Uh, DC losing at home to Colorado, um, ninety plus minute winner from Jonathan Lewis. That was that was surprising, but DC didn't look good at all. No, they seemed like they were struggling. Colorado, granted, performed really well. Yeah, no, Colorado looked really good. They've they've been building back. I think they have the talent. I think they just need the execution. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wrong on that prediction. I expected DC to win. I thought that they'd shaped up, but guess not. So I was wrong about that prediction. Uh, and it looks like you were right. You yeah. predicted Colorado to get the win. I had Kai Camaro going all the way. <laughs> and you were right. He's, I mean, he's proven it. Yes, he's, he's, he's done it for a while. I think so, he'll have a good yeah. season if he keeps this up. Oh, yeah. And he, he usually does. Like, he's one of those silent, like, silently under the radar good players i agree 100 um, percent. next game uh, montreal over new england uh, this one had plenty of controversy with the var with uh, new england's what would be winning goal taken off mm-hmm. um, and then montreal goes in and scores at the other end um, new england had a glorious chance to win it though i don't know if you saw this so right at the end there was a cross that the goalkeeper like went for and missed and it went to the back post, and Tejon Buchanan had a wide-open header, just no defenders, no goalie, and he oh put it man. on the post. And that's, See, it's tough. For first game of the year, there's always going to be those jitters, yeah, though. Oh, so, absolutely. like, I, I'm sure he'll have those chances again. He'll he'll get yeah, back into it. Yeah, he probably will. And he, and he, you know, as a rookie last year, he showed some, some bright spots. And so it'll be tough with the forward competition up top, just with um, Gustavo Bo, uh, mm-hmm. Buskus that just came in. Um, but but he'll probably get his chances. And again, first first game, first weekend jitters. I um, agree. But I was also wrong about that. Um, I expected New England to win. Again, growing up in New Hampshire, I'm a big New England fan, so a little bit of hometown bias there. Um, you expected the tie. You were also wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure how Montreal would do in the first first few little bit of the season. I guess. Yeah, no, it's it's tough to say with a new coach. And yeah, I mean. The coaching staff, they're doing really well. They're showing what they've got. The, um, they have a lot of young talent. They also have a lot of things that are just 
they don't know what to do with. <laughs> yeah. And so the fact that they got the win, first of all, was incredible. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see if Montreal can keep this momentum or not. Yeah, well, it was a good result for them, especially starting off because their captain, uh, Yuha Raitala, broke his leg yeah. um, just recently. And so he's going to be out for for a while. Um, and that's that's just a tough way to start the season. We'll talk more about tough injuries to start the season later. Agreed, yeah. Um, all right, next game, uh, Houston and L.A. tied 1-1. Uh, debut for Chicharito. Obviously a lot of expectations there. Um so I actually predicted Houston to win this one because LA has just struggled in Houston the last couple of years. Um, Houston has kept them out of the playoffs, I think two years in a row mm-hmm. from like last game of the year. And it's just one of those things that Houston's just given them problems. So I thought that they were gonna win. Uh, they didn't, it was a tie, but it was it was a good performance though by Houston. I, yeah, I agree. I was wrong as well. I thought Houston was gonna win considering especially that they are home um, they have a strong attack, um, but I do have to say I was very impressed with Pavone's goal. Oh, Pavone's it, oh, upper so 90, good. right side, just completely cut the defense. It was an incredible goal. He deserved that goal a lot. Oh, um, for sure. I, I do think Houston should have won at home, yeah. but the fact that L.A. went in there, was able to tie, it, it still shows that L.A. could have a potential um, to grow and to get better. Yeah, L.A. is always they're always kind of tough because there's always going to be an expectation there and they have a lot of illustrious history, but it is, it's just hard, especially, you know, a lot of people are saying, Oh, LA is better off without Zlatan. <laughs> I disagree. Right. Um, it's, it's just hard to tell though, but you're right. I mean, Houston, like Houston's got a good, they've got a good attacking core and you're right. Pavone's goal was so good. Having the galaxy, having Pavone for the whole year is going to be really big. He was only there part of the year last year, mm-hmm. um, came in mid season um, also a little addendum to that. Let's talk about David Bingham pinging that ball mm. all the way down. That was an forum. that was an amazing pass. Like, because that's the thing. It was not a dud. Like, no, it was right to his feet. Yeah. It was ready. They were on the move right away. Yeah. What was in, what was interesting about that as well is to see where Chicharito was at the same point. No, I didn't. Um, so they had Chicharito was running off of Pavone and he was running away. And what happened is he actually drew two defenders that opens up a lot of space for Pavone because Pavone is a solid finisher. He knows what he's doing. If Chicharito and Pavone can continue to do that throughout the season, they can be a strong attack. That'll be a great relationship because you're right because defenders are naturally going to gravitate towards Chicharito just because of his of his history and his prowess and his ability exactly. to score goals. The fact is, Pavone proved last year he could score goals too. Mm-hmm. And so. Big yeah. ones too. Yeah. Not just small no, ones, but yeah, big no, moments. He's, he's scored in big moments. He scored some quality goals. And it'll be interesting to see if they catch on and spread it even or if they continue to just say, hey, we have, we just have to go with, um, we just mm-hmm. have to go with Tijerito. I agree. Um, all right. On to the next game uh, San Jose and Toronto. Heck, heck of a game there. <laughs> Heck of a game. We'll we'll go a little bit more into that later. Some yeah. of the details, but I mean, Toronto MLS Cup runners up last year, and they've been in the picture for MLS Cup the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, for San Jose to go down two nothing, come back tie two two, um, that's pretty impressive. And I actually I actually did predict this tie. I I'm kind of high up on San Jose, like what Mateus Almeida did last year, like. He transformed a lot of what they were doing. You know, there is a mm-hmm. good history with San Jose. Um, 
and I think he's putting them in the direct right direction. Um, so big big game there. Yeah, I see. I was wrong. I, I thought Toronto was going to go in there and win because of the way that they were able to perform near the end of the season. I thought they were just going to come right back, pick up where they left off. The fact that Oswaldo, the newcomer defender, has that incredible upper so ninety um, set piece. Anybody, anybody that says that he was trying to cross it, I don't want to hear. I, it. I, I hundred percent agree with you on that. That that's the goal was perfect. The hype behind him showed. I mean, he did make mistakes during the game, but I think as a newcomer, the fact that he was able to come in, help San Jose get a tie with Toronto is incredible, especially when Pozuelo was doing so well. Um, I just, I was very surprised and taken back. Well, and it's, it's a good way to get confidence, mm -hmm. for sure. I agree. Um, an interesting result, Dallas winning against Philly at home. Um, I was very impressed with Dallas and how they were looking. They're going to look pretty good this season. Um, I was a little disappointed with Philly. Yeah, no, I agree. They, they, they couldn't control through the center very well, and I think that tied right into their attack. They, they, they didn't do so well with the attack. There were moments, obviously bright moments, but I think they're going to struggle if they don't get connections going through the center. Yeah, it's – see, Philly's, Philly's tough to gauge, and Dallas is tough to gauge too mm -hmm. because Dallas has been one of those teams that – they always seem like they're solid, but it's always very like silently solid, um, and so it's hard to gauge them. They got a, a lot of young talent. Mm -hmm. uh, Paxton Pomkal had that great goal. Um, Jesus Ferreira uh, got his first U.S. Men's National Team call up right. recently against Costa Rica, um, and it was really interesting last year. Now starting right off is that uh, Andrasic, the Cobra, their big striker that they brought right. in last year didn't even play like basically the first half of the season yeah and then they started playing him and he was he was going he was he was shooting and he he proved it starting right off with uh, a pretty nice distance goal yeah I, i'm very impressed with the direction that this young talent will take with dallas um i i was i was right on this one um i i did think dallas was going to win especially since they were home yeah um if they went to Philly, I think there would have been a little bit of a different result, but the fact that they they got that, that was pretty impressive to me. Yeah, the Dallas win doesn't surprise me. I expected a tie because I did expect a little bit more out of Philadelphia. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Casper uh, Shabilko will be able to be as productive as he was last year. Um, I think they put a lot of trust in him. If I remember right, they signed him to a contract extension. Right. Um, but, again, one season does not a player make. So we'll Yeah, see. I agree. See what happens. 100%. The next game, RSL in Orlando. This, we have a lot of different thoughts about this, I th I'm sure, considering especially since you're an RSL yeah. fan. Um, not sure what RSL is going to be able to do this season. We hope the best. Um, Orlando as well. Don't know what to think. This game ended 0-0. I thought Orlando was actually going to pull it off. Um, Wouldn't that surprise you? It, it, share, elaborate. I, I'm I have a lot of different thoughts on this. So, and I, see, here's the thing. I am very critical of the teams that I support. Right. I expect a lot. Um, and I don't want to say too much, but RSL is a bit of a tough off season. Uh, they sold Jefferson Savarino. Uh, they sold Bofo Sacedo, uh, traded Brooks Lennon to Atlanta. Right. Like they lost a lot. Um, and, 
they have, you know, they brought in some young, some young talent, signed some people from the Monarchs. Um, obviously, their biggest talking point is uh, Giuseppe Rossi. Right. And that is, that's that's one of those things that could go either so well or so poorly because they, because he's someone that has just played professionally for so long in top flight leagues in, in Italy and, and done really well, but has just struggled so much with injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just hard to gauge. And, you know, again, fitness, you know, he came off the bench and he, he didn't look bad off the bench. You know, I'm not going to say look, but he didn't look good. He didn't look bad, you know, was just about a 10-minute cameo, not not too much to talk about. Right. And it's just it's just a tough wire of if he can stay healthy, if, 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 if. Because the thing is, is RSL has not had a consistent, successful striker since Sabrio left. Right. Like, and that's that's been a number of years now. We've just had bust after bust after bust. Um, and it's just, uh, I just, I'm really hoping for them, but it's a tough off season. They lost a lot in preseason. Right. Uh, didn't look great. I think injury is going to be a big plague for RSL this year. Yeah, um, it seems I like, agree. I mean, Kyle Beckerman's not doing too well at the yeah, moment. No, he's out. Um, and then obviously if Rossi, is, that's how you say his name, yeah. Rossi, if he stays healthy, that'll be incredible. Obviously he does have that history. Um, it, that is a huge if. And obviously we w- wish the best for RSL. Injury I think is going to be the big issue this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, the one thing that I will say I thought was the bright point for RSL, and then we can talk about Orlando because we've just been talking about RSL, no, you're good. is that um, I actually thought Justin Miram looked pretty good coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, he had some good pace. He had some good ball movement. Um, crossing could have been a little bit better, but he did get into decent positions. Um, the crowd booed him very hard. That was that was fun to see. Right. And not fun to see. I mean, not fun to see. <laughs> but not unexpected. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll see how he does Again, he had a really, really good year in Columbus a couple years ago, but struggled since then. But he's shown some sparks, um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that going. If he can rise to the occasion in those games, I think he's going to do very well this yeah, season. No, he, he has the talent, yes, for sure. For sure. 100%. Um, with, with Orlando, let's talk about Orlando for a second. Mm-hmm. What, what did you see from them? Um. I mean, I think just pretty much it carried on from last year. They, they, they've been struggling to transition from the back to the front together. When there, there were times where they were able to do it, but what happened is they get caught off guard very easily. If the midfield and the attack are not communicating, they're not going to, first of all, produce goals. But second, there's going to be no defense getting back in transition. Yeah. And that's going to be a huge thing for Orlando. I think if Orlando goes plays those bigger teams, SKC, or um, Seattle, or just, um, I would even say, like, NYC or Atlanta, th- those big teams, they're going to get caught on those transitions. They're going to lose by not just a couple goals. They can lose by big numbers if they're not careful. Yeah. If they can get that spine to work together through the center, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, if they can also have those wing backs working in conjunction instead of separate, I think that's going to make a big difference as well. Well, and... On the other side of the ball, you were talking about defense. I'm talking about offense. They couldn't finish chances. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Like they had some dang good chances, and they just they couldn't finish. Bad, bad final pass. Bad shot. Well, it was Chris Mueller right at the end that he got in behind and just 
couldn't finish. Uh, Chris Mueller, he did – his speed will be a problem for people, mm-hmm. I think. But the, fin- the finishing has to be better because against higher opposition than RSL, not finishing those kind of chances, you'll get punished. I agree, 100%. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next game. Nashville at Atlanta. What a game. What Atlanta at. I mean, at, thank you. Yeah, thank I you. Mean, Nashville was at home. Um, that, that was just incredible. Atlanta was able to pull out the win, but Nashville showed up. Dang good. They, they, they were amazing. Walker Zimmerman was incredible. Um, that, that was an excellent trade that happened the, the fact shocking, that they got it was it was shocking excellent very smart move for nashville i was wrong about this one i thought nashville was going to win um i really wanted them to especially on their debut but they still proved that they deserve to be in the mls that they're going to do well um atlanta sad game we'll get into that yeah, later we'll, but yeah we'll get we got some news for you if you don't already know about the atlanta game I'm just I do think that Atlanta will be strong through the season if PT can keep up momentum and to kind of take the team on his back like he used to with other teams um, I think Atlanta will be just fine yeah no he he's shown off well uh, starting out in the CCL a couple goals couple assists Um, if he can be the player he was not last year like before he came to MLS then they'll do really well right Um, yeah, it was an interesting game because Nashville, like, they they played off again. We'll go into a little bit more about some of the details as to why they were more successful later. Mm-hmm. But they, they showed off well against Atlanta. Um, I predicted Atlanta to win, but Nashville had a very, very admirable, a very admirable game. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, again, getting the team's first goal. So, so get this. So Nashville Stadium holds 60,000. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That's a really – I think it's second only to Atlanta, if I'm correct, behind Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, That's amazing. That's that's massive, especially for your first year in the league. Yes. That's crazy. And I think that also shows the expectation that Nashville has, and as well as the managers, the owners, everybody believes. And if the team believes that they can do it, they'll do it. Yeah. That's really any team. And I think Nashville has the belief, and they can do it. Yeah. Well, and they've seen the kind of stuff that – expansion teams have been able to do recently Atlanta New York City that teams that are expansion teams don't have to play like expansion teams that they can start right off the bat and be good amen I appreciate that the um okay next game Vancouver and SKC I'm actually curious to see what your thoughts are from the beginning of this so biased here um i don't like skc <laughs> at all because they knocked rsl out of mls cup right in 2013 that was just brutal i remember watching that game just being so upset um, <laughs> i'm not going to talk about rough decisions um anyway so so this game so skc first of all their newcomers showed up big they did mm-hmm. alan polito scored kinda scored um they looked good, and admittedly, Vancouver not, you know, not a lot going on there. They did pick up Lucas Cavallini, uh, Canada international, in the off season, but yeah, SKC looked good. They had a down year last year. Last year was weird. I think they didn't expect to miss Ike Opara as much as they did. Yes. Um, but I think they're probably grinding to get back to what they know they can do. They made again 
big offseason trade, Alan Polito from Liga MX. That's a big trade. Um, I expected the tie, but SKC pulled out the win. Not not too terribly surprising. Right. Me. I I think. See, I was. I was right when it came to this one um, because I do feel like SKC throughout this whole season is going to be solid. Um, they look like they have their stuff together this season. I, I agree with you about how they just kind of felt like they weren't prepared for the Icaparo uh, move. And if they can get that defense to stay solid, to play as though Icaparo is still there, they'll be incredible. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see where they're going. Vancouver, I feel bad for them. At the same time, I'm a Seattle fan. Yeah. It's Cascadia. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, <laughs> if Vancouver loses, the better it is for us. Um, but I do think Vancouver, if they can g- get themselves to work together, that's going to be the big thing because they have a lot of talent. Yeah, they do. And if they can work together, if they actually move off the ball instead of just standing, they will be very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what happens. Do you want to go ahead and take us to the next games? Uh, yes, yes, I would like to. Also, one last note for yes. SKC. There is a center back fix that I think is going to be big, but we'll talk about that later. We'll cool. Sounds good. All right, so next game. So, <laughs> Columbus-New York City FC. So this game this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So New York City a red card in the third minute you can't you can't start off your season like that i'm sorry like uh, there was a dumb decision yeah it, it the first game of the season why do you get a red card well it, it wasn't it, even because they've been playing in the ccm right so the, it's not they, even they like shouldn't even be first game of the season like right don't ha- you shouldn't be having those jitters they, they shouldn't have the jitters they shouldn't be afraid of tackles or I mean he wasn't obviously afraid of a tackle but the the no, way tackle, really it, it, right the, but stupid tackles they're already prepared for it they're playing in the CCL they shouldn't be making stupid tackles like he did um, the fact though that this is this is really interesting to me is that third minute red card so they Columbus pretty much had the whole game they still only won 1-0 yep. the fact uh, I'll give it to them. They still won. They look really good, if, except the fact that they only won 1-0. Yep. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, well, it's – see, it's always tough to gauge New York because New York State is one of those teams the last couple of years, they perform all season, and then they choke in the playoffs. Right. And it'll be interesting to see if they finally change that this year. Um, but it's – Columbus is one of those teams that they've just changed so much in the offseason – but it's been a lot of really good change. I agree. And so them bring in Caleb Porter, used to be with Portland. Darlington Nagby, used to be with Portland. Mm-hmm. Fernando Adi, used to be with Portland. Right. Uh, say what you want about Jossie Zardes. He knows how to score for Columbus. He does. Um, they signed Lucas Zalarian from Liga MX, who got his debut goal. It was a good goal. Definitely a good goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they have a lot of pieces and I think they could be really good. Maybe it's just shaking off a little bit of rust. Um, but you're right. If they're down, if they're up a man for an, almost an entire game, probably should have been a bit more dominant. I agree. And obviously, all the comments we're making, it's the first first week. Yep. So we got we got to give a little, I guess, hope to everybody in a sense. But Darlington Nabby, 
is going to be the lifeline of that team. Oh yeah, the he could he could restart what made him so great in Portland. I agree. At Columbus. I agree. If Nagby and Zardes can get a connection going, if Caleb Porter can change the way that they think, Columbus is going to be very, very dangerous this year. And honestly, and, and that's coming from a Seattle fan, we're pretty dangerous. But the fact that Columbus looks so dangerous, I honestly do think Columbus can make a huge run this year. They can. They have a lot of good pieces. It's just about building the chemistry and how fast they can do it. I agree. All right. On to the next game. Uh, New York Red Bulls versus Cincinnati. Um, Also, I think we failed to mention, I predicted Columbus to win. Mm. You predicted a tie. So, winning and a loss here. (laughs) Yep. Okay, so next game, New York Red Bulls, Cincinnati. Um, this wasn't that hard to predict. Yeah. Cincinnati, honestly, I mean, they set a whole bunch of, like, I don't mean to be mean, but they set a whole bunch of records last year for underperformance. Yeah, like for failure. Goals <laughs> against, right. fewest goals scored, lowest points, worst goal differential. Like, they, they set some pretty bad records last year, and – they had, I don't know if I can talk about this on here. So their coach was dismissed for um, supposedly a racial slur. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, especially right before the start of the season, that, that can't happen. No. Like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's, like, they're having a hard enough time as it is that just compounded it, like, so much. And considering all the stuff that's been happening with Cincinnati, though, I am impressed that they scored two goals yeah, against no, uh, New York. The obviously the coach was really stupid for making those comments. The um, the the problem that I have with Cincinnati is that there was way too much hype behind them. They come in, they have the worst year I've ever seen a soccer team in the MLS have. It's made me want to have relegation in the MLS. Oh, I agree. And it, because there's be one of our topics in a couple of weeks. That that yes, exactly. The the if we are going to expect our league to grow, we need to get rid of teams that are not going to perform. Yeah. And because we don't want just want easy wins. The fact that New York Red Bulls beat them 3 to 2, that's still a pretty good result for Cincinnati if they can start winning and showing that they're progressing, I'm fine. If yeah. they don't that's a different story. Yeah, because, again, we're not expecting them to, like, be this huge MLS Cup competing right. team, but they do have to show some progress from last year. I agree. And they can they have they have some potential. It's just just about just about executing. Yep, um, so I agree. Yeah, we both expected New York to win that one. Not not too hard of a prediction there. Yeah. Um, all right, next game. And I'll, I'll let you take the reins on this. Seattle versus Chicago. Um yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you take charge of your oh, man. So, Jordan Morris starts off the bench. I mean, on the bench, not off. <laughs> he comes off the bench later because in the second he was half. Resting right, CCL. right. So the the resting team <laughs> that I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> the <laughs> the fact that Jordan Morris was on the bench, that Seattle was still playing to the degree they were shows that the Seattle has depth that they can use in case of emergency. Now, I'd rather not. 
Ibarra, he, he played well when it came to everything else but finishing. It, yeah, he, he had a lot of moments where yeah. it was just frustrating. Yeah, his, his movement wasn't bad, but the finishing, like, the point-blank miss where he slid and it went over the bar instead of right. just tapping it in, like, again, I know first week, first game jitters, but that's still, like, it's a tap-in. You got to score a tap-in. Right. And that was his worst of the misses, but he had a couple. He, he had several that should have just been sitters or... Um, he should have done something different. It, it, it doesn't even have to do with necessarily scoring, but doing something that will help the team score. Yeah. Um, Jordan Morris, though, Wonder Boy coming in off. All right, Christian. Uh, I, I, I'm, he's the Wonder Boy of Seattle. He really is, and everybody loves him. He's the face now of Seattle. And the fact that he comes in and scores two goals – Changed the game. He changed the entire game. And it wasn't just because of the goals. No. It, it, the way he was moving off the ball, the way that the team started connecting, you were able to push Christian Rildon off to the wing um, after taking Leva out and putting Morris over there on the other side. When Speed, the crossing. Sp- it was just insane to watch the yeah. difference yeah, and to see it. His ability to get in behind the back line is going to be dangerous. I agree. And especially when Ladero comes back. When If Ladero comes back and Pozuelo, uh, not Pozuelo, um, Powell, Powell, Oh my goodness, João Paulo. Paulo, thank you. Um, oh, if it's João. 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 <laughs> no, I won't. Brasileiro. <laughs> um, no, I'm not gonna. I won't. I won't be obnoxious about that. No, it's. I am so bad at pronouncing names, but if those two can get working together, holy cow! The the Seattle that won the MLS Cup are even better. I agree. They they're not they're not just gonna. Here's the thing about the CCL as well. The fact that I mean, I'm going to chime in for just a second on that. They did lose in the CCL with a third of their team gone. Like I, I, I'm mad that they lost, but at the same time, I'm not because the fact that we still perform so well in the CCL without a third of our team just shows Seattle is going to be incredible. What did surprise me though is that Chicago came to Seattle, and they showed up. They did. They, they were ready. They, and that's, you know, you talked a lot about Seattle. I agree with everything that you said. So I'll talk about Chicago. Chicago looked like it was a complete turnaround of the offseason. Mm-hmm. New players, new coach, new logo, new technical staff, new, the whole shebang. Right. Like, they had a just complete rollover. In the pregame, um, the commentators were talking about um, commentators shout out to Adrian Healy and Alejandro Moreno. <laughs> um, they were talking about how it felt like Chicago was an expansion side because of how much it changed. I agree. And again, for the first game in Seattle at CenturyLink Field, they looked good. Like they, again, I'll I'll be picky for a second and then I'll go back to the praise. So finishing. Has to be better. Right. And the final final pass, final decision making needs to be better. But they except for in the final third, like except for around the box, they did pass the ball well. They their defending was in and out, but their ability to pick the ball off from Seattle 
they won a lot of duels. They won a lot yep. of tackles. They won the ball in dangerous areas. They did have some good movement. Um, I think it's going to be a big year for Georgi Mihaljevic. I, I agree. It's going to be more than be expected of him. Mm-hmm. Um, they did get a new, a new number ten. Uh, his name is escaping me at the moment, uh, but he had his moments. Um, Robert Barrick, their new striker, right. you know, he had something like six shots, four on goal. I think he drew four mm. fouls. Yeah. He did have a goal. Like he, and their their goal was impressive because what had happened was that they hit a ball into the into the into the box from deep around maybe forty yards out, forty five yards out. And what had happened is Mahalovic was on the left. So the pass, the pass came from the right into the center. Mahalovic came from the left, ran in, got in behind his defender on the opposite side, chested it down for Barrick, who ran on off him and scored. It was a, it was a beautiful goal. It was a great goal. The, the, the fact, um, this does scare me, though. Yes, it was a beautiful goal. Fry did not get down. He, he did not get down quick enough. Kronholm on the other side, though, showed up. Yeah. He, he had an amazing game. The saves that he was – there was no way some of those saves should have even happened. Oh, for sure. Um, especially against the sitter that Ibarra had, and we'll get into that later. It was just they showed up. They were ready to play. Seattle wasn't expecting it. But Seattle, to show their character, they still pulled it off. Yep, they grinded it out. And we both, we both had Seattle winning. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot tighter of a game than expected, but they did pull it out. Right. Um, all right. Second to last game, we have the other expansion side, Miami versus LAFC at LAFC. That's always a tough take, tough place to play. Mm-hmm. RSL did win there a couple years ago. <laughs> Just give um, a shout out. <laughs> Your Krylox karate kick. It was still one of the best goals I've seen. He might as well have been the karate kid in that moment. He it really was, was. He was. It was incredible. He was going Mr. Miyagi on him. It was <laughs> great. Um, so LAFC, uh, another another interesting game. So yeah. LAFC pulled out the pulled out the win, only one nothing. Um, the goal was a just a crazy chip from Vela. We'll talk more about that goal later. Mm-hmm. I don't think you know this on his birthday. Oh. Yesterday was his birthday. I so did not know that. He yeah. scored a goal on his 31st birthday. Well, happy birthday. So That's happy birthday inc- to Carlos. Yeah. Uh, not a better present you can get. No, that is very good. Um, but, yeah, so LAFC, they should have done better with how they dominated the ball. Um, we'll wait and see how much we get out of Brian Rodriguez. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's one of those people, kind of like Pity, that I think came in with a lot of expectation, not performing but I think he has a high ceiling. I, I See, I don't know what to think about him because he – there's a lot of hype. He's young. The he, same thing happened with Andre Horta. Right. Where they signed him for, like, a bunch of money and then he barely played and then went back. Right. And I, I'm worried that this young talent, if they don't use him correctly, he will just fail. Um, see, I think he played in the right position on the wing. I just think that just – I just think he needs probably some confidence. Like we'll we'll see when the first goal comes if the floodgates open or not. Right. Then if if it does, Seattle's I mean not Seattle, LA is going to be incredible. Again. 
Um, LAFC, the, the fact that LAFC has come in and just completely torn up the MLS is incredible. Carlos Vela is obviously one of the best players, if not the best, in the MLS. And he's just ready to play. The fact that Miami came, though, and only won- lost by one shows that David Beckham was ready to make a team. Oh, yeah. And he went hard. And unfortunately, I was wrong about this one. I thought they were going to tie. Because I do have high expectations for Miami. I do as well. And they, they look good. Mm-hmm. Like So first of all, Luis Robles, eight saves. That's like, incredible. And he, he's 35, and he's still making big saves. Like He was a big pickup for them. So right. He did really well. Again, it's one of those things that, again, shake off some rust, shake off some first-game jitters. They had some good chances. Maybe could have been a little bit better. Um, but I think, I, think they'll, I think they'll grow into it. I agree. I think they'll be all right. All right, last game of the weekend, one of the best games of the weekend, um, Minnesota coming up to Portland. Oh. Minnesota, I watched this game. This was a great <laughs> game. This was a really, really good game. So Minnesota won. Three to one. They had never won in Cascadia before this, so no wins at Portland, right. no wins at Seattle, no wins at Vancouver. They come in three one, first game of the season. And they had to weather some storms, like Portland in the first half. They were hammering them. They were going. They were going. They were going. But Minnesota weathered the storm, and came out on top with three goals. And. They weren't fluke goals. Like they were, they were good. Um, you talk about uh, David Bingham's assist on Christian Pavone. Tyler Miller hit a dime. Ding. Yeah, he it hit it right over the top for Ethan Finley to yep. to cross to Luis Amarillo. Um, was was impressive. I coming from the Cascadia. Yep. I am very disappointed with Portland. Portland is at home. Providence Park is a tough place to play. That is the one of the hardest in all of MLS. I would put. I'm an RSL fan. I know. <laughs> yeah, and I, w- I would put um, Atlanta, Seattle, and Portland up there as the some of the top three. If yeah, I agree. to play in in Portland, just I think this is the problem. You have the Char brothers. Uh, Jimmy did amazing for his first yeah. MLS game. Sad that they took him out. They shouldn't have, in my opinion. The, and that, that can be a whole controversial thing another day, but the, the fact that they took him out, I think, did change a lot of the tempo. If you get Valeri and the Char brothers working together, that is going to be one of the most dangerous midfields in all of MLS. I, I don't care. Anybody can fight me on that. Like I, the fact that the Char brothers are together now that's a connection you can't train. You cannot train it. The way if it, when you were watching the game and you could see them moving off the ball together, it was just as though they were playing in their backyard. It made no sense that the movement that they were making, the way that they were talking to each other, was incredible. Valeri was a disappointment. Yeah. He should have come off. They should have kept Jimmy on. And who would you have brought on? For <laughs> see, I don't know. I have no idea. But Valeri just did horrible. I, I honestly, I think 
Another one was just their attack was not doing anything. And the fact that Valeri was not able to push that more yeah, just Valeri shows... Did, he did have to be more involved. <laughs> if, if you're going to sign again with Portland, you need to prove that you're there to play and not just, I guess, die <laughs> on the field. It just made no sense to me. Minnesota, granted, though, excellent game. Amazing. Alonzo and Nikapara. But Nike Parra did have a bad game. He did. He, the fact he, that he had a bad game and still, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just those it's really two. Funny to see his reactions though, especially because like he has his headband and like when he gave up the penalty <laughs> and then he gave up some fouls like outside the box, he takes the headband off and he's just like, <gasps> like right. That was really funny to yep. watch. Can't lie. I I 100% agree, and I'm just so excited. Obviously, I love Alonzo. He came from Seattle. Nobody's mad at him. He he served Seattle well. Yes, yes, he did. He, the fact that he's doing so well at his age in Minnesota, Minnesota looks like a championship team. They do. They and they have they have grown so much. Again, they had a really so they came out same expansion year as Atlanta, right? And they just tanked. Tanked. Yep. They tanked the first year. They tanked pretty bad the second year, and then last year they showed up. And I think that was the plan, if I remember mm-hmm. right. It was. They said that they're just like okay. By the third year, we want to be in the playoffs. And they did. They yep. made it. And not only were they in the playoffs, but they were the third seed. Yeah. And it, it was that, that's incredible. And it was an unlucky knockout to L.A. Yes. Well. Like, mm-hmm. They should have won. Tough game. They should have won. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah, Minnesota, they look good. It'll be really interesting to see. That, so the new striker, Luis Maria, he said he promised 25 goals beginning of the season. He's got one. He's got 24 more to go. I think we'll, he can do it. We'll see what happens. I, I think he can do it. If they go through the center – the right way through Alonzo, let him through Molino. Molino can right. raise his bar back up. Right, that will be. He will get those twenty-five goals. Yeah, yeah. So those are the results for the weekend. So we each got a point for each thing we got right. So I have six. Brennan has five. So yeah, next week it will be better for me. Currently in the lead, but yeah, <laughs> we will see what happens. But. When we come back, we have our next segment of the week. So we'll be discussing the best of the week players, teams, a couple other things. So it'll be interesting to see who, in the first week, who came out on top. But we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Soccer Fanatics. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're just tuning in for the first time, I'm Jeff Carroll. And I'm Brennan Berry. Thanks for being here. So, got our next section. Of the week. So we're talking player of the week, match of the week, that kind of stuff. And then we'll go into top discussion points from the weekend a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So, start right out with you. Brennan, player of the week. Who is it? Jordan Morris. I agree. Coming off the bench, completely wrecking it. He did amazing. He changed the entire dynamic. He changed the game. Two goals. Again, running behind crosses. Changed the game. Who do you think performed well? So considering Jordan Morris, who do you think is the best team this week? So the best team this week, I'm uh, I'm leaning towards Seattle for, for actually a different reason. Okay. For bouncing back after being knocked out of the CCL. Like, mm. to not be dejected by that. I'm leaning towards that. That's my backup. But my main pick is it's Minnesota. Yeah, like, to go into Portland mm-hmm. and to win 3-1, like, 
convincing, convincing win there. I agree. Now, obviously I'm a Seattle fan, but I have to go with San Jose. San Jose just showed up in the last 45 minutes. They went down. They they just put their feet in the ground and they just charged forward and they were able to pull off that tie. They didn't get the win, but man, they deserved to pull oh, that back. Absolutely, I, I agree for sure. Um, so those are our player and team. Who do you think the coach should be? Tough call. I'm. I'm gonna go a different direction. There are definitely some people I think could have gotten it. I think. Well, I'll save that one for you. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Thierry Henry. Um, Montreal didn't perform overly well, but debut win in MLS head coach. Obviously, he's a he's a legend of the game. He deserved uh, it. I he mean, deserved that, it. That was his his win. He needed it. And so I I want to give it to him. I like that. I respect that. Now, I don't want to try to be too biased or anything, but I 100% have to go with Schmetzer. The decision to bring Morris off the bench, he was resting. That changed the entire game. Yeah. It, it, Schmetzer's it, tactics were spot on. On point, 100%. For sure, for sure. So we went through team of the week, but match of the week. What's, what's the best matchup? <laughs> I think we both agree on this one. It, it has to be the Portland-Minnesota game. I agree. Minnesota just took it by storm. That that was the best I've seen Minnesota play since, honestly, when Minnesota came to Seattle. And obviously Seattle pulled it off. But the fact that Minnesota was able to go to a Cascadia team. Cascadia is one of the greatest, I guess, competitive teams um, in areas of the country. And Minnesota just did fantastic. And if I remember right, I think I saw something on Twitter that said Minnesota was the first team to beat Portland at Portland in opening week. Jeez. That makes it even better. (laughs) Some impressive stuff for sure. So that's that's our match of the week. But now we have to look at all the matches, pull everything together, and kind of decide what's going to be our team of the week, our best 11 of the week. Best 11 of the week. Um, I kind of want to go ahead and start with goal and defense. Um, we, we came up with this together. This is something that we both agree on. And you can slap us silly if you disagree later. But I, I, tough picks, but I 100% agree with our decisions, and I think this is a very smart, smart 11. I mean, starting 11. Um, let's, so goal and defense. I'm going to put Luis Robles in goal. Eight saves. That's insane. Like you said earlier, 35 years old. <laughs> Saving on Carlos Vela, Diego the, Rossi should not have happened, and he did it. Played out of his mind. And, and sure. honestly, best goalie performance I've seen out of him in a long time. Yeah, and, and I was very he impressed. Yeah, he does. Kyle Duncan, one goal, two assists. As a defender, he went nuts. That that for New York Red Bulls to have a defender that can do that, it reminds me a lot of Liverpool. And I, we, we, we'll get into that another time. It, it, the fact that he's able to go up into that attack and score and have those assists. And it's not the first time he's done this. He had a game or two like that last year. Right. If he can keep it more than just a game or two, holy cow. Well, and he's going to be big because the Red Bulls sold 
Michael Murillo right. and Kamara Lawrence. Right. Those were huge attacking fullbacks. Those were huge wingbacks yep. for them. So if Kyle Duncan can fill that role, that'll be really big for them. I, I think he's going to. I honestly do. Now, here's another amazing defender that just completely blew my mind this week. Oswaldo Alanis. How do you say it? Alanis. Okay, good. San Jose, he had the tying goal in the dying minutes, three shots, two on target, and he had the set-piece wonder of the uh, of the year. Get the, that, that's from That's coming from... Anybody that says that it was a cross, no. That, that, no, no, he shot 100%. That, that was that, on point, upper 90, completely threw everybody off. Wonderful goal. Um, that being said, as well as in defense, Reggie Cannon. I was very impressed with the way that he played. He played solid. He had he only committed two fouls. He received four. That shows that he was muscling those dudes out. Yeah, and he was ready to come and to play. If Reggie Cannon can keep playing like that, Dallas is going to be very solid defensively. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see as he grows with Dallas, as he grows with the U.S. Right. See if he'll get more call-ups. I agree. All right, let's let's go into the midfield. Um, so let's start off with a personal favorite of yours, <laughs> uh, Jamal Paulo for Seattle. He had one assist, but he covered a lot of ground. Yeah. And the thing is, is right now without Ladero, he's pushing up higher than he's used to and than he'd like, and he's not going to be as productive as Ladero in that role. But he's still effective. But I think what will really unlock him is when Ladero's back, because the thing is, is that Svensson will play deep. And right. Joao Paulo will be kind of a roamer. Right. Where he'll roam front to back, front to back. He'll be not a full box to box, but he'll be almost. More, yeah. He'll it, be more of a box to box midfielder. He I just, agree. He just covers a lot of ground. And I think once he can have Nicoladero playing with him, he's going to start making those dime passes that he's known for. 40 yard cross field, boom, right yeah. there. And he, he will just be able to do it on a split second, split turn. He's already starting to do that. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and he's got a lot of passion, mm-hmm. as, as the Brasileiros have. <laughs> um, all right, next, uh, Kevin Molino, uh, two goals for Minnesota. Uh. Um, it was a big, you know, Molino's had his ups and downs, and I think, so Minnesota's been looking at a new number 10, and he's, he's fighting for his spot. Yeah. And so I think that is going to push him. Um, two goals, both well taken. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So I think I think he did well. And an addendum to that, Ethan Finley, two assists. Uh, Finley has had like again, consistency is a problem, but he had his moments in Columbus right. where he could just just turn it on. Yeah. And, and he, he when he does turn it on, he turns it on. Yeah. He can deliver. He his cross to Amaria for Amaria's goal was perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfectly lofted cross, back post, over the defender. Right. It was it was perfect. I agree. On to uh, Sporting Kansas City. Uh, <laughs> Gaddy Kinda, um, one goal, three shots, four fouls drawn. So, debut for Gaddy Kinda for Sporting Kansas City. His goal was a wicked shot, and again, four <laughs> fouls drawn. Like, you know, picking it up, picking it up. Yeah, some of the, some of the goals that. These younger stars are starting to do is really looking hopeful for the MLS. For Kinda to go in there with SKC and score the goal he did, I'm excited to see where he goes. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. On to the forwards. 
Carlos Vela. You gotta you gotta put him up there. He's I wouldn't be surprised if he was up there almost every week. He he his goal, it was insane. The way that he was able to trap it down with his chest across the defender, running against the play, and then go boom, boom, two more defenders, they're gone. And then to chip the keeper, oh my gosh. Well the thing is, and we'll just well, I'll say it right now, so his chip was my goal of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the thing is, and the, the commentators were talking about this, is that the intelligence to know that that was the proper time to do something like that, that he could, he had the skill to pull off, right. and it was worth it to make that attempt, that's soccer intelligence. Again, you can't teach that. No. That, that's that, impressive. That, that is him. And you can't you you're not gonna get that from anybody else. The way that he played, and the way that he does play and will play is incredible. I'm gonna put um, Jordan Morris right up there with him though. Jordan Morris, like I said, Wonder Boy of Seattle. If he can keep this up, I do think that he can honestly compete with Vela. Wow. Uh, That's big. That's huge for me. The fact that he came back from injury last year. Did so well. He had what, 11 goals. And as a winger, he already has two in the first game. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm speechless on that one. Same thing with Ezekiel Barco. We'll get to um, Martinez in just a minute. But Barco stepped up. He had one goal, two shots, just two. And he played the full 90. He stepped up. He was ready to play. And I do think that those three should, and they do deserve to be the forwards of the week. Yeah, I agree. All right. Ooh. Oh, I jumped ahead. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Uh, so goal of the week, I already said uh, Carlos Vela's chip. We already talked about it. Um, and you had talked about this, but I'll let you, uh, I'll let you say it. No, I, and I think it's pretty obvious. Oswaldo Alanis. The, those two goals were just incredible this week. So there was a lot of great goals. There were. It's hard to decide. You, you have to pick those ones that stand out, though, that, that truly make an impression. And if they can keep making that impression, it'll be awesome. Absolutely. All right. Save of the week. What you got? See, this one was hard because it was on Seattle. <laughs> but Kenneth Kronholm, the foot save he had against Ibarra, Ibarra was four yards out. Cronholm was going to the left. He saved it with his right foot. Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. And speaking as a goalkeeper, defending shots when you're going the wrong way is literally so hard. It, and coming from an attacker, that's a lot of respect. I would give any keeper that could do that a lot of respect. Ibarra, obviously, he needs to work on some things. But... Kronholm had one of the greatest saves I have seen come against Seattle. It was it was it was a great save uh, for me. Uh, Steve Clark for Portland on uh, Robin Lud mm-hmm. uh, against Minnesota. So what had happened is that I don't remember who the cross or who the pass came from. We got in behind, laid it off to Lud. He was about on the penalty spot, so not far out at right, all right shot it clark was on one half of the goal 
he got he got down low, so getting all the way down that quickly to parry this shot, but to get enough strength from his hand on it yeah. to get it to go back behind the goal instead of just like hit through his hand and still like there was a lot of open space left in that goal right. for it to push through his hand and go in. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he was able to get it back around the post is very impressive. Yeah, I agree. This is one of my favorite parts. We get to start talking about controversies. Do you want to kind of take it away? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take it away. Um, mostly because I disagree with <laughs> what was done in the moment, and I disagree what was with what was said afterwards. So probably perfect for, for, me, to, for me to lead this off. Definitely. So, controversy of the week. So number one. So Joe Willis for Nashville. He came out of his box to half field. First mm-hmm. of all, coming out that far was that was a bad decision. Yes. Like bad bad decision there. But so he came all the way out to almost half field. And his first block on a shot was fine. Right. Was just like with his chest. But then there was a second shot taken by Emerson Hyndman that he blocked with his arm. Now, as everybody knows. You can't touch the ball with your arm, with your hand, if you're a goalkeeper outside the box. Everybody knows that. <laughs> now, this is where it gets difficult because right. it was only given as a yellow. It was not given as a denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity because of distance, because they were almost at half field, because hard to know if the shot would have gone in from that far. Now, so that was only given as a yellow. It was not given as a red for dog so. And MLS came out and released an article afterward explaining why the decision was made. And I just, because it talked about, okay, denial of, an op- of a goal scoring opportunity. Distance matters here. The Atlanta player's shot on the goal came from near halfway line, approximately 55 yards from the goal. And there were no other Atlanta players ahead of the ball who could have run under the shot. Instead, there was a defender chasing back, and that nat- and that natural player was in position to be first to reach the ball if the shot didn't have the direction or pace to make it to the goal. And second thing, denial of a goal. The only other option to consider is whether Willis denied a goal outright by handling of the ball outside the penalty area. For this offense to be penalized, the referee would need to be sure that the goalkeeper stopped the ball from entering the goal. At 50 yards out, it's impossible to know this with certainty. It must be easier to determine in cases when the infraction takes place close to goal. Mm-hmm. Now, I get it. I really do. I disagree. See, so um, what's funny about this, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, and I, and I, and I understand both sides. Right. It's so tough. It's one of those things like when you're that far out, it's like, hey, how do you know that it's going to go in? But in my head, I'm like, the goal's open. There is nobody there. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe the shot does miss, but also maybe it doesn't. And I, and I feel like, I, I, again, I get what they're saying, and maybe by the technicality of it, right. they made the, I think they probably made the right decision by letter of the law. I just, it just still bugs me. Yeah, and I, I mean, I understand that as well. It, can, it bugs me a little bit to have, I mean, there's like, for instance, offsides. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But there's some things that are just a little bit ridiculous, um, especially when it comes to rules in the book that are not exactly clear enough. Um, 
I do think the referees made the right decision because technically, by the letter of the law, they he stopped outside of the box, yes, but it was so far, no one could have known if it was going to go in or not. Um, I think Willis chanced it. Did he deserve a red? Maybe. But I do think the yellow was was yeah. a right decision. Well, like you said, by the letter of the law, it probably was the right decision. I just I just feel like it's not super clear. Uh, no, I agree. All right. I'll let you get the next one. Yeah. So this one, and you, I'm sure you will respectfully disagree with me as well. <laughs> um, the no penalty call when Miller was run, ran into Philippe Mora. Um, so this is Minnesota, Minnesota and Portland. Portland. And the keeper came out. Mora was coming this way towards, I think he was coming from the left-hand side. Yeah, he was on the left. And he was coming towards the goal. He did have an opportunity to shoot the ball. Not just shoot the ball, but he had control of the ball. The fact that Miller came out and there was a lot of contact, yes, it looks like a penalty. According to VAR and the video that I watched, it did look like, though, that Miller got the ball first. Now, obviously, I, I think you're going to disagree with me on that. I do. But it did look like, and obviously, if keepers even get the ball but still get the, like, truck someone, I still think there needs to be some sort of a, I guess, acknowledgement by the referee. But I do think he played it the right way. He didn't use any other part of his body to just truck him. He, it was a momentum. He got the ball. I think it was a good save. See, this is where I will respectfully disagree. Right. Um, I watching and there isn't a whole lot of video to see, like to see different angles and replay. So it's kind of a tough call. Mm -hmm. um, to me, it didn't look like he got the ball. To me, it looked like the ball was with Felipe Mora, and Miller running into him caused Mora to lose control of the ball, that it came off of him. Um, maybe his foot made contact with the ball, but to me it just it didn't look like there was any attempt to play the ball. It looked like he literally just ran into him. And the thing is, like, and that's another one of those tough rules I feel like it needs a little bit more clarity as far as, you know, body to body. Because, you know, that was body to body, but I feel like body right. to body from a defender is different from body to body from a goalkeeper. I, and I agree that goalies get away with a lot. I don't think that's fair, but the reality is they do. Yeah. Um, and I think that really bugs a lot of people. And I can see where you're coming from. I do think the keeper, a lot of the reason why more got, I guess, fell over or got knocked down was because of momentum. And that happens a lot everywhere on the field. So I can see I can see your perspective. I can also see the ref's perspective. Um, and I th that's just a tough, tough call. Yeah, no, it is a tough call. Obviously for Portland, it's a tough call. Could've, and it could have <laughs> changed, changed the game completely. Um, that being said, the third controversy just absolutely bugs we me. We do our own episode on yeah, this. We, we can do a, we a, whole, a whole episode on this. We can do a couple hours alone just on VAR. Oh, we're trying to not get sued. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on VAR? 
So, just, I need to get my composure for a second. <laughs> so VAR, in theory, is a good idea. You see replays, you see things you couldn't see in the moment, so you get better perspectives. Right. Now, it is good in theory. It is not used correctly. I agree. Here's the thing. VAR, so a call happens on the field. Say it's a goal. If it is a clear and obvious error. By VAR, the referee. Not just an error, yeah. but by the referee. Then VAR is supposed to overturn it. Right. The problem is they are constantly overturning calls that the error is not clear and obvious. Right. And the fact that they are not doing that is the problem. Now, I'm going to say one more thing, and then I know you have your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So there's quite a few goals that were called back for offsides this right. weekend. The problem is, unlike so in the Premier League, you have the line that goes directly across. And you're referring so to you the can, electronic. Yeah, right. and you can see okay. exactly where the parts of the body are, so you know exactly mm -hmm. whether it's off or not. Now, I know you and I have different opinions about how that works, but at least with that, you have a direct line right. that you can see exactly where the parts of the body is. The problem is the VAR that we were seeing that they have in MLS has an angled view. Yep. It does not have that direct line. And to me, it's you can't you have to have that direct line. Mm -hmm. The Morris goal, the first Morris goal that was called back for offsides. Not clear and obvious. No. The Zahibo goal for New England over Montreal that would have won them the game that called back for offsides, not clear and obvious. Right. It, this, the, it says it's supposed to be overturned if it's a clear and obvious error. They're constantly overturning stuff that's not a clear and obvious error. Uh, I agree. And I, I think the referees are quick to just make different decisions. Yep. They're, they're, they're not trained well enough with VAR. The Premier League or Bundesliga, even the World Cup, those referees are trained better with VAR. Um, they're, they're able to use it. Obviously, there's still a lot of controversy over in those areas. But I do think MLS needs to do something different. Seattle's goal Morris had should not have been overturned. It was not clear and obvious. I can see what they're talking about when it comes to offsides, possibly. I don't care. It's not clear and obvious. It's not. It, it goes completely against what our, um, the VAR is supposed to do. I agree. With the Premier League, like you were saying, they have that line. Obviously, I think the line is a little interesting sometimes. The foot's off by like six inches. Just that part bugs me as well. It doesn't give much of an advantage in my opinion, but obviously... In your opinion, maybe it does, or in other opinions, it does. Well, the overarching thing is that the rules are not clear enough. Because right. yep. the problem is is that when refs are making certain decisions, it's like, hey, I want, I want, I want it to be clear. And here's mm, – should I say this? Should I say this? I, I think so. Okay. The fact that MLS refs are accountable to no one is a problem yep. because anytime you speak out against a ref you get fined yep. and or you get suspended 
the refs are accountable to no one. Mm-hmm. That is a problem. Yep. I I agree, and I I think. I mean, there's obviously there's a select couple of refs that are really good in the MLS. They deserve to be in that position. In my opinion, they deserve to be in even higher. There are refs, though, that are they're there just for the money. They're not there to keep the players safe or they're not ma- there to make the right decisions. VAR, whoever's doing the VAR, needs more training or they just need to switch them out and get someone else. Um, the... Obviously, I can understand, uh, like I disagree with some of the calls that even the Premier League has or other leagues, but I can see where they're coming from. If you can't see it, where they're coming from in the MLS, that's a problem. It needs to be changed. They need to fix it. Um, I can ramble on about this yeah, for can, a long time, but we should just make a petition or something and... <laughs> Just said it to the MLS. It. No, um, it. I bet you they would. Even the players. Yeah, oh no, they would. Well, let's move on to the next thing. Sounds like good. We, said, we can talk about that forever. <laughs> um, all right. So our last portion for of the week is top discussion points for the week, like the biggest storylines, the biggest headlines. So number one, and this is brutal. Mm-hmm. First game of the season. Nashville, Atlanta. Dos Martinez goes down injured, comes off. Next day, word breaks, torn ACL. <sighs> it's absolutely brutal. The question is, what will Atlanta do without him? Now, let me put some stats out of here. Yeah. Dos Martinez for Atlanta since 2017. 84 games. 77 goals, 11 assists. That's insane. That is insane conversion rate. Yeah. Let me break down. 17 goals in 20 games in 2017. 31 in 34, a new MLS record for single-season goal scoring Mm -hmm. in 2018. Also, the previous record, 27. So, 27 to 31, so blown out. That record had been tied multiple times, but was initially set in 1996. It took till 2018 for that record to be broken. Yeah. It took a long time. And then 27 and 29 in 2019. So that's breakdown by year. Right. MVP in Golden Boot in 2018, MLS Best XL and MLS All-Star all three years in the league. Yep. And then starting out this season, two goals and two assists in the first two legs of the CCL. Also in 2019, MLS record 15 straight matches with a goal. That's not just an MLS record. That's that's up a there in the world. that's a world record. Do you know who he's behind? Messi. Messi. That's insane. The you f- don't rep. You you can't just just get somebody and replicate those numbers. The question of what will Atlanta do without him? I have no idea. I have because even if they can go and buy, maybe they get special permission to put him at injury reserve to remove the DP tag, go out and buy a new DP. It, it it's still going to be hard. It, it, Frank DeBoer was talking about how Adam uh, Jean is the only striker left on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 Adam Jean is a good striker. He's nothing. He cannot replace Martinez. No. So that being said, Frank DeBoer was talking about how if it takes a while for Martinez to heal – 
then he's going to ask to get another striker. The question is, from where? What money they're going to use? Because they got to they got to figure they got to juggle something around. Um, well, and will will MLS let them get a DP level striker? Right. Just because Martinez is out of injury, or they're like, nah. Like, and that that comes back to the concept of when Martinez comes back, what's going to happen? It, it, it's just there's going to be a lot that I think happens with Atlanta in this next month that I think is going to really determine or make or break it for a lot of their attack. They'll probably have to buy somebody down. Mm-hmm. Put them as a TAM player. Um, but just who? That, uh, well, so who are the other DPs right now? Is it Barco and Pitti? Yeah, Barco and Pitti are the other two. I can you, see putting Bar- Barco probably down. Yeah. You, you'd, hope, you'd hope that they'd understand the situation enough that they would not be bugged by it. But at the same time, I understand if they would be, yeah. because that, that that is their pay. That's that's what they're making, especially if you Barco and PD are both really good players. They deserve at least a lot of it. Yeah, but you look at so you look at somebody like Diego Larry. He came back to Portland, signed a new contract, not a DP anymore. That's true. So it depends how much loyalty do they have have to the club. And I think that's going to be really that's going to show a lot of the character of Atlanta and especially those players within the next month or two. Yeah, it'll that, be tough to see what happens. That being said, I think Petey's going to have to step up. Oh yeah. And he's going to have to take the team on his shoulders. Obviously, Barco can as well, but Petey is that kind of player. He has to be the way he was before he came to MLS. Right, and if he does, I have, I have no doubt that Atlanta is going to do well, um, without. Martinez. Still, torn ACL. That's easily eight months to a year out, depending on the injury. Though I will say, I would not be surprised if Martinez came back sooner than that. I do. He's a tough, tough guy. Now, obviously, this may be a little controversial. I think he came back too early last year. Hmm. Um, Obviously, I wanted him to set the records to beat Vela or um, Ibrahimovic, but I still think he came back too early, and I do think that contributed to this injury. Um, and it that's a huge blow for him. That's a huge blow for Atlanta. They need to take it slower like Seattle did with Morris because it changed Morris. Yes, Morris may be a little sl- slower, but he's smarter. Martinez... If he's already smart and comes back smarter, oh my gosh, that's going to be completely different. Well, it's tough because, like, I agree that he should take his time, but that's just not who he is. Yeah, and and you can't keep a player. It also depends on how Atlanta's playing because if they get the person, they hold up okay. But and I understand. I mean, you look at me. Like I, I I play all the time. I have an injured knee. I want to play really bad. So I'm doing everything I can to play. So I understand a professional player wanting to do that. It, I mean, I have nothing to lose. He has millions of dollars to lose. But um, and I, a career. And a, his whole career. And I, I do think if Martinez is smart and the team's going to be smart, they need to pick another striker somewhere and make sure that Martinez comes back 100% this time. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I agree. Now, on to our second topic. Which expansion team do you think had a better weekend? See, this is both tough and really easy. <laughs> um, 
So I will say both teams performed very admirably. admirably. Mm -hmm. Nashville and Miami both showed up on their first day. Have your first day be Atlanta and LA. Yeah. Like those are big. Holy heck! Like yeah. That's a that's a tough first week. Mm -hmm. Now, I think they both played well. I like what I saw. I'm gonna go with Nashville though. Here's the thing. Couple numbers for you. Nashville outshot Atlanta 14 to six. They had a better overall passing accuracy, better passing accuracy in the attacking half, final third, more crosses, more duels won, and their goalkeeper didn't have to make a save. Gave up two goals. Right. Barco's goals from distance. Heinemann's was a volley from inside the box. Like, wasn't really saving those. Those are hard. Like, like, I know it's not all about the stats, but stats wise. Nashville outplayed Atlanta. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the fact that they were able to pull off such incredible numbers against Atlanta, I mean, granted, Martinez had to come out in the 63rd minute or something like yeah. that. They still came up big in big moments. And what I thought was interesting, this was a really interesting stat I was looking at earlier. They had a very, very clean game. The The... There were one card on each side, and it were, they were just yellows. They didn't have very many fouls, but they played professionally. They didn't just play to play and to get a win. They played in a professional way. Well, the fact that they didn't have to hack people like Marco right. and Pitti down right. to stop them. Right. And I think both teams deserve the result that they got. Um, I, I do think that Nashville may deserve a little bit more, but uh, I, I do think Nashville over Miami, 100% did a much better debut. I was thoroughly surprised. I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah, it'll be good. All right, topic three. Which newcomer had the best weekend? This is tough <laughs> because there, there was a lot of new people this weekend. A lot of people did super, super well. I agree. I'm going to stick with Oswaldo Alanis and Jao Paulo. They, the, let's start with Alanis for a second. One goal, three shots, two on target, two fouls suffered as a center back. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it, obviously, he made mistakes. I expect that, though, on a debut. And Toronto's a tough team. And tough team. Toronto's an amazing team. The goal that he had shows that he's not just there to play center back. He's there to play and win. He's there to score. He's there to make sure that his team pulls through. Same thing with Jao Paulo. Yes, one assist. That a number that's not it's not big, but he had suffered three fouls. He was the corner kick taker. He was the free kick taker for the team for the entire game. Every single cross he had Every single pass he had was incredible. They shouldn't have happened, but they did. And he was ready to play. He performed well, super well in the CCL. The fact that he's carrying that over into the MLS and for when Nico comes back, he's ready to go. Those two are going to be incredible together. Jao Paulo is just absolutely amazing, and I'm, I'm excited for Seattle. What, what do you think are yours? So I have two, one of them more favorable than other. Mm -hmm. um, so Luis Amaria from Minnesota, he had one goal, 
four shots. The first goal by Molino came off of him challenging with the goalkeeper. Right. Um, and he he's one of those people, again, he's more of an out-and-out striker. He's not going to drop super deep. But he just he had some good touches, and he's hungry for goal. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and he got that goal. So impressive for him. Okay, here's one I wouldn't have thought that I would have said. <laughs> Jurgen Lacadia for yeah. Cincinnati. So look at this. So one goal, four shots, three on target, in 26 minutes off the bench. Yeah. He came in and was just going hard. Like his his goal was a bit lucky. No. Right. Wasn't wasn't great. The fact that he in twenty six minutes was just hammering the crap out of New York shows that he's he's looking to push. That being said, for those that are watching, this is this is Cincinnati. That that Cincinnati, if they have someone that can come off the bench like that, wow. And I'm excited to see where this kid goes. Yeah. Well, that is it for our of the week segment. If you stick around, tune in for our next segment as we predict results for next week and what the match of the week will be. So make sure and uh, stick around for our next segment. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning back in with us here at the Soccer Fanatics. Let's make some predictions for next week. Brennan, why don't you get us started? Yeah, so New England and Chicago, I think Chicago's going to win. And I know that that's kind of interesting to th- say, but I do think Chicago's going to win. Yeah, they did look good against Seattle. I, I have it as a tie just because I think New England is – I got some dark horse stuff for them going on in the season. Yeah, I um, like that. But it'll be, it'll be a tough matchup. RSL New York Red Bulls. I think RSL is going to pull out the win here. That after saying everything we said about RSL earlier, I do think they can pull it off. Yeah, and they'll they'll have a really good home atmosphere. Um, just tough, tough, tough to make a judgment. I mean, RSL it depends who's healthy next week. Right. And with the Red Bulls, I mean they beat Cincinnati, who aren't a great team. Hard to know how good they are. Right. All right. Uh, we got, uh, oh, sorry. No, go for it. All right, we got uh, Dallas versus Montreal. Um, I got Dallas winning. Um, it's at home for Dallas. Um, they looked good against Philadelphia. Montreal will probably be hard pressed to beat them. Yeah, I, I do think though that Montreal can pull off at least a tie. No, um, I think Henri is going to be smart in the way that he plays. Yeah, no, um, his team. Has good tactics. Yeah. DC and Miami. Who uh, do you think? I'm giving it to Miami. Uh, DC just like again Colorado looks like they could be a really good team this year but dc was just in shambles mm-hmm. like they had no idea what they were doing um so i think miami looked decent against lafc if mm-hmm. they can finish they can get a result i agree and i do think that this one's going to end in a tie as well miami's really good dc didn't have a best week but i do think they're gonna be better than last week um toronto and nycfc Hard to say. I think Toronto's going to be upset after dropping points after leading 2 nothing. I think New York's going to be upset after getting up a red card early. Um, I think they're both going to be playing with a vengeance, and I think it's going to end in a tie. 
That's interesting. I do think Toronto's going to win. When it comes to Toronto and NYCFC, Toronto's that power. Well, BMO the, field's tough. It, it, the BMO field is one of those other fields that are just really hard to play at. So I, I agree. I also think that it's going to Toronto can pull it off for sure. All right, Atlanta, Cincinnati. Who you got? <sighs> I'm sorry, Cincinnati, but I, okay. I <laughs> definitely Atlanta. Uh, there, yeah, even agree. with the even with the injury. Atlanta. Yeah, especially at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like Cincinnati really doesn't have much of a prayer. I agree. Um, San Jose and Minnesota. This is tough. This is a tough one because San Jose pulled off a big result against Toronto, but Minnesota pulled off an even bigger result against Portland. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give the edge to Minnesota, but it could it could go either way. See, I'm giving the edge to San Jose. I, I do think that both teams have that edge, like you were saying. All right, Sporting Kansas City, Houston. Who you got? Houston. I, I, now, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, SKC is a really good team, though. It, it, Houston, I do think, has a strong attack. They do. And if they can link up, they will get it done. Yeah, I don't know how long Darwin Quintero is out for. I'll be interested to see when he comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I have SKC winning uh, Houston. Again, you're right that you have a strong attack, but I think it needs to foster in a little bit more. I agree. Colorado and Orlando. Uh, Colorado, um, again, DC might have been in shambles, but Colorado looked good. Again, they dominated them on every side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And Orlando just at home against a not very good RSL team just lacked finishing. They lacked the final product, so I'm going to give it to Colorado. See, I, and I agree. I'm just concerned that Colorado may have had a fluke week. Yeah. And if that's the case, I'm giving this a tie. Yeah. And the thing is, Colorado has a really they, – they have a good team. They have good players. It's yeah. just tough to gauge. I agree. If they can perform. Um, LA Vancouver. I say tie. I don't think there's – I don't think Chicharito is going to have as much to do as everybody says he's going to do. Um, I do think that Vancouver, yes, they've been struggling, but they can get better. Yeah, I I agree. It'll be interesting to see exactly how Chicharito does, but for me, Vancouver is just they're just not showing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give LA the win. Interesting. What about Seattle and Columbus? Oof. Columbus looks really, really good. But I'm going to give it to Seattle. Uh, again, CenturyLink Field is an incredibly difficult mm-hmm. place to play. It'll be interesting. Probably after not having CCL, Morris will probably start. Yeah. And so they'll be ripe, ripe from the off. Um, and I think Columbus will perform admirably. But I think Seattle's going to take it to them and get the win. I, I agree. I think the biggest difference is going to be where they're at. I, I think if Seattle were in Columbus, I do think Columbus would win. Hmm. If Seattle was... And since Columbus is at Seattle, I do think Seattle's going to win because the hype behind both places is insane. And I do think Seattle can do it. Um, what about Portland and Nashville? Tough, tough to say. Um, again, Nashville performed extremely well against Atlanta. Part of me feels like Portland had a fluke week against Minnesota. Hard mm-hmm. to say, though, so I'm going to give it as a tie. See, 
I think Portland is going to take a few games to kind of get their midfield to get going together. I do think Nashville is going to pull this off. I also want Nashville to pull it off because I think they deserve it. No, I agree. The fact that they played Atlanta and barely won, Atlanta's better than Portland. Yeah. If Nashville can beat Portland, that's going to send a huge statement. Oh, for sure. That'll be big. All right, last game of the weekend, LAFC versus Philadelphia. I don't think that's going to be too hard. No. Uh, you got one of the greatest attacks in all of MLS, LAFC. LAFC, yeah. Yeah, if Philly had shown more against Dallas, I'd give them more of a chance, but they really didn't. I agree. All right, our one last piece is our match focus. So the match next week that we think is going to be the biggest match, the best match, the most entertaining, the most impactful. Mm-hmm. And this is also something that we agreed on together and we collectively decided. Brennan, would you like to do the honors? Yeah, Toronto and NYFC. This is a repeat in my opinion, the power behind this game is going to be a repeat of the playoffs. I think it's going to be that kind of a caliber game. It's going to feel like that. The atmosphere is going to be insane. The players are going to all show up, and they're going to be ready to beat the heck out of each other. See, I think it, with it only being the second week of the season, it won't quite be that atmosphere, but I do definitely think that both teams, after not being satisfied with their results, are going to be coming out headstrong to fight. So. I like that. I respect that. It'll be, it'll be a good matchup for sure. But we've actually come to the conclusion of our episode, so thank you so much for anybody that tuned in. We really appreciate it. I'm just glad to be doing this with, with my good friend Brennan here. Thank we, you. We honestly, we have a blast, and so <laughs> and we hope you do too. So thank you for tuning in. Hope you tune in for the next episode. Hope to see you soon. Hope you like, like what you heard. And one last time. I'm Jeff Carroll. And I'm Brennan Berry. This is... And we are the the Soccer Soccer Fanatics. Fanatics.